following is a presentation of the Retro Network. Your vehicle to the past doesn't need roads or even 1.21 gigawatts. It's the Retro Network Time Machine with Jason and Mickey! We're back inside the TRN Time Machine, sponsored by Retro Days. 1988 movies. What a great year. Uh, just going through the list of everything, I was like, wow, I could definitely do a top 10 list and still have some honorable mentions left over after that. Pretty good year, man. Yeah. I, some of the movies, I guess I just forgot or never really paid attention what year they came out. I was like, did they come out in 88? I guess it did. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and like I said, I'm going to have the uh, Just Watch app open. You can actually get there from justwatch.com. Really cool concept and site, uh, especially if you're in the streaming world. You pop in a title in the search bar, and it'll tell you where you can find it for free. Also, it will give you pricing on rentals, depending on where it is. So, a really great resource, justwatch.com. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, We'll give you some uh, places where you can find these movies. But let's first uh, just go through the top ten at the box office that year. Number one. Actually, let's start with number ten. We'll build up to it. Number ten was Beetlejuice at $73 million. That's a fun movie. Cocktail, Tom Cruise, and of course, one of my crushes, Elizabeth Shue. <laughs> $78 million at number nine. Number eight, The Naked Gun from The Files of Police Squad. Just above it by about 500,000 at number nine, 78 million. Uh, number seven was Die Hard at 83 million that year. Number six, Crocodile Dundee 2, 109. Man. Those movies did very well back in the day. Yes, they did. Number five, Twins, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito, 111. Number four was Big with Tom Hanks. 114. Number three. Now we're getting into the big hitters here. Coming to America. Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall. 128. Number two was Who Framed Roger Rabbit. 156. And the number one movie of 1988 was Rain Man with Tom Cruise, Dustin Hoffman. 172. This was in the right when uh, you know Tom Cruise was probably the star in Hollywood. You got Mm -hmm. two on this list from him. And if his name was attached, chances are you're going to have a success on your hands. (laughs) Whether the movie is good or not, that's up to you. But people went and saw him, that's for sure. I was kind of shocked. I would have thought I didn't see these numbers beforehand. I would have thought Roger Rabbit would have been the top movie that year. It's weird. Like the Oscar, like buzzworthy movies nowadays don't seem to do well at the box office. It's more of a word of mouth kind of thing. Whereas back then when you got the Oscar buzz, it seemed to boost your box office numbers. Mm. Just looking at uh, several years of movies in the eighties, I think that's a true statement, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I could be a little off with that, but I think the, the buzz, the Oscar buzz helped back then. So rain man. Yeah. Just going to the awards here was uh, one of the big winners at the Academy Awards that year. Best Picture, Best Director for Barry Levinson, Best Actor Dustin Hoffman, 
You had uh, Best Actress was Jodie Foster from The Accused. Best Supporting Actor, Kevin Kline in A Fish Called Wanda. And Best Supporting Actress, Gina Davis for The Accidental Tourist. That was your Academy Award winners. Golden Globe Best Picture was Working Girl. Best Actor was Tom Hanks for Big. Best Actress, Melanie Griffith, Working Girl. That's one of my wife's favorite movies, Working Girl. (laughs) (laughs) And then the uh, Golden Raspberry Awards. Worst Picture was Cocktail. Uh, Man, screw that noise. Them people don't know what they're talking about. It's funny that... The best is Rain Man, and the worst is Cocktail, both with Tom Cruise. Um, worst actor, Sly Stallone in Rambo 3. I'll give it that part three is probably the weakest of the however many we're up to now. I haven't watched the most recent one. Well, speaking uh, of the most recent one, we should have put this in recurrent events. Uh-huh. Uh, when I was in Walmart the other day, the Rambo Last Blood movie, that is the newest one, right? Yeah. It was in the $5 bin. No. Yeah. No. Yes, sir. Unbelievable. And it's not just like one copy of somebody laid in there. There was a bunch of it in there. So, wow. And I bet that's like the digital copy and Blu-ray and DVD and all that whole combo this package. Was just, this I've was just bought. the DVD. Oh, just the DVD. Yeah. But the uh, that version you're talking about was on the $10 rack. So. Wow. Already that cheap. I, I didn't buy it. I probably should have bought it for five bucks. It couldn't have been, you know, a bad investment. But yeah. Yeah, I don't know. At, at the time, like I said, I think Rambo 3 was the, the weakest uh, that he had put out at that point. But worst actor, I don't know. Worst actress, Liza Minnelli in Arthur 2 and Rent a Cop. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Pegged her for two movies there. Worst supporting actor, Dan Aykroyd in Caddyshack 2. I've seen Caddyshack 2 maybe once, and that was on cable. And I was like, eh, I'm, you know, just give me the original. No, that movie uh, don't get enough love. It's better than the original. It's really? Fun- it's funnier than the first one. I don't, I don't see that. Well, but maybe I need to revisit it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you had, uh, that was Jackie Mason in that one, right? They got yeah. rid of Rodney, uh, or at least he didn't do it, uh, the second one. <laughs> <laughs> Second time around. Worst supporting actress, Christy McNichol and Two Moon Junction. Got no reference point there. Worst director, Blake Edwards for Sunset. And a tie with Stuart Raffle for Mac and Me. I've never seen Mac and Me. The only thing I've seen from Mac and Me is that clip that Paul Rudd shows on Conan every time he goes on Conan. <laughs> where the kid goes down the cliff in the wheelchair and falls into the lake. Um, that's the only thing I've ever seen from Mac and me. Worst new star was Ronald McDonald as himself in Mac and me. Wow. Wait a minute. Ronald McDonald was in that? <laughs> I guess. Like the McDonald's Ronald McDonald? I guess. I don't know. <laughs> no. All right. I'm clicking the link that I pulled from, from wiki and it goes to Ronald McDonald from McDonald's page. So yes. Uh, apparently he was, he was bad in Mac and me. Uh, <laughs> After all those great commercials he done, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, worst original song, Jack Fresh from Caddyshack Two, written and performed by Full Force. Hmm. And that was your Razzies there. Uh, all right. So uh, I guess I'll lead off this week. We're. Go- I guess we'll just do a top five list, and I don't know. 
I kind of lean towards the comedies this time for some reason. All my list is comedies. <laughs> <laughs> Did not have one uh, movie outside of that in my top five for 1988. So I got some in my honorable mentions we'll talk about. But um, number five for me from 1988 is, uh, I think, an underappreciated Chevy Chase movie, oh, Funny really? Farm. That was on my honorable mentions list. I love that movie. It's so good. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is right before Christmas Vacation. Uh, still, you know, Chevy Chase's peak here, Fletch and um, Three Amigos. Um, so it, it's, it's just a fun movie. It's kind of the fish out of water uh, scenario where they move from the city out to the country so he can write his novel. That's the whole point. They got to, he's writing his novel. He's getting out into nature and getting away from everything. You know, he's uh, self, uh, <laughs> self isolating, uh, but with his wife. And it's just fun because the whole <clears throat> thing gets turned on his head mm-hmm. and he, he gets writer's block. And then his wife gets a little inspiration from a squirrel outside and, or maybe, or maybe it was a stuffed squirrel. Yeah. She finds a stuffed squirrel in an antique shop. <laughs> And she writes a kid's book, and it becomes this, like, huge hit, you know. So his world just gets turned on his head. And I love his interaction with the mailman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the mailman, his laugh is just crazy. And just trying to get him to stop, you know, for the mail. And <laughs> uh, just that this running gag throughout the whole movie. And then it really heartfelt at the end, you know, they, they're like, all right, we're, we're screw this town. We're out of here. And they offer like 50 bucks for anybody in town that does uh, some kind of special act to get uh, this couple to <laughs> buy their house so they can move away. And it's good. it was really to the point where they were ready to divorce and everything. And then uh, the, the mailman gets me when he hand delivers the mail. <laughs> <laughs> while the other people are there and Chevy Chase is like beside himself. Uh, but just a fun movie, a little bit of Christmas in there at the end too. So oh, that's, I, I used that's to watch what I was, around Christmas. Yeah. That's what I was going to say is the way the whole town changes itself because they hand out copies of the Saturday evening post. Yeah. Uh, right, all those yeah. Christmas covers to show people what they wanted and what that town transforms into for Christmas that year. My gosh almighty, yeah. that's what I want Christmas to be like every year. Absolutely. You're round even. You know? Yeah, yeah. You, just walking through that whole town at that time is, is it is a, like being in a magazine almost. It's my, so great. My favorite line from that movie, though, and, I, and I've used it a lot in my life, uh, when those movers pull up to that guy Whitland and says, hey, Mac, uh, which way to red bud? And that old man says, how'd you know my name was Mac? <laughs> right. He said, he said, just guessed. And the old man says, well, just guess your way to red bud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just the comedy of errors, you know, trying to get that across that covered bridge, that moving truck. And mm-hmm. they get in there and they install a payphone in the house. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. The dog digs up the body in the garden, you know, and oh gosh, it's, yeah, it's such a great movie. Very underappreciated. You don't think of it when you think of Chevy Chase and I make it a point each year to watch it around, around Thanksgiving, Christmas time is usually when we watch it. And you can find it right now over on the stars 
app or Cinemax or Max Go, I guess you call it, is their app. So Stars and Cinemax is where you can find Funny Farm now. Yeah, if you have a if you have a, a subscription, subscription. Yeah. If not, it looks like but you can get it for two ninety nine on YouTube or Apple or Vudu, Redbox mm-hmm. online stuff. So it's pretty cheap. I actually ordered that movie about two years ago off of Amazon for like four dollars on DVD. Yeah. So I've got a copy of it. And, My copy is VHS, actually. <laughs> oh well, I'm kind of jealous of that fact, but yeah. uh, I think uh, I was talking to the wife. I just sent her a text while you were talking about it. I'm like, hey. Pull out Funny Farm. We're going to watch that. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Well, number five on my list is one that we just, her and I watched maybe a month ago, and that would be Crocodile Dundee 2. Mm -hmm. I love the original. Absolutely love the original. Number two is not as good, but I still like it because uh, that whole second half of the movie where they're in the outback. Yeah. and he's leading all those bad guys around and tricking them and just picking them off one by one. Yep. Uh, just the creativity and all of that. That was just great. And the, how all those guys who kind of know him are just scared to death, you know, knowing what's coming. Right. And even at the beginning, that one bounty hunter's like, would this be Mick Dundee we're looking for? And he says, yeah, the dude just grabs the stuff and walks off. He's like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh I've watched actually number two probably twenty more times than I've watched the first one. Just because uh, it, it's uh easier to find or you just like it that much. I don't better? know. It just seemed like it was like a staple on USA Network, I remember. Both of them were. But I just every time I I saw it was on cable, I would watch it. And I don't think I own either of them on DVD or Blu-ray just because it seems like they've been readily available on streaming and, and all that through the years. Where is it now? I'm trying to find here. It is stars. It's on. So I still have my stars subscription. I might be breaking that out here soon, but (laughs) yeah, I just, I love it because he's more in his element there. And you know, when he comes back to, uh, you get more of, uh, is it Wally? The, Mm -hmm. the older guy. And all of his little buddies at the bar there, you know, you get some of that stuff going on. And uh, it's just a fun movie. I like the villains in it, too. Those two guys were great, the the main two villains. And just being in his element uh, was great. You know, you, again, this is another, like, fish-out-of-water story when he goes to New York in the first movie. But it's almost like the homecoming, you know, yeah. in the second movie. Yeah, the he was great as the fish-out-of-water in New York. And then... Like you said, this movie, he goes back to where he's home and uh, you just see how much he's in his element there. It's just a really fun movie. That's another one I got at Walmart was it was a two pack. Well, you know, two movies on both sides of a disc, one and two in the five dollar bin a couple years ago. So nice. We got both of those on DVD and I already owned Crocodile Dundee in L.A. So I still have never seen that one. You know, it takes a lot of crap. It's not as good as the first two. But it's still a, it's not a waste of time to watch it at least once, though. I mean, it's good. It's so pretty this good. So this is essentially him back in the city, back in the hood, I guess. Well, kind <laughs> of. He ends up getting a job as an actor, like okay. as an extra in films and stuff. And it's a lot of fun. He's, okay. taking, he's taking tips from this other 
uh, extra in films. He's like, Hey man, always face away from the camera. Don't look at it. That way they can use you in more scenes. If they don't see your face, and, <laughs> so they're getting paid like $50 just to walk across the street in a scene. He's like, if they don't see your face, they'll pay you another 50 to do something else later. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Uh, it, it's a pretty good movie. So what you got next on your list? Number four for me is one. I remember watching in the theater with, I think with my parents or one one of my parents, and it got a little awkward in a couple scenes, but uh, it's still a fun movie, one that I'll revisit probably not every year, but uh, every so often when I think about it. Twins ah. is my number four. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito. Uh, just there's so many great lines in that too. You know, this was probably the first time, I don't know if it was the first time that Schwarzenegger did a comedy. Kindergarten Cop, I think, was like 89 or 90. But him just uh, out of his element of action movies was fun. And and just Danny DeVito's whole personality in that movie, I love. He's just one of those, I don't give a shit <laughs> persons. And he he does his own thing. He lives his own life. And when he manipulates Arnold in the movie to kind of conform to his life, you know, when he when they connect... And he uses them for some of it as well. But just uh, the coming together at the end was was great. And then the scenes, you know, the scenes I was talking about was <laughs> tonight is your night, bro. And when he's uh, interacting, you know, with the girls and a little pressure on him to not sleep on the floor, but actually sleep in the bed with uh, Kelly Preston. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a little awkward when you're a kid, but uh, it's still a fun movie that uh, I will go back and watch every so often. You know, I tried watching that when I was 10 years old in 88 and I couldn't get into it then. And I've never went back and tried to watch it. So yeah. I've not seen it. You got to watch it, man. Uh, Ivan Reitman, the director of Ghostbusters is also the director of that if that helps persuade you or not, but uh, it's, it's fun. It's just a fun movie. And again, I don't know. We're getting on these like fish out of water. <laughs> <laughs> movies but that one it kind of is too where he was you know grown up on an island and he was educated in every way he's huge and muscular and then you get he comes and finds his brother which is you know a quarter of his size and uh not educated <laughs> street educated and uh just you know in the big city out of his element for uh, a good portion of that movie when he uh, when they dress up, you know, together, they get these suits and they're just kind of strutting around town. And Danny DeVito's, you know, teaching him how to walk cool. I, I love that scene. I just love that scene. You you know, you walk like a gorilla or something. I can't remember what he says. And uh, he teaches them how to just uh, to walk around and like not care about who's looking at you. Oh, just it's so much fun in that movie. That one is on uh, also on Cinemax right now and Max Go. If you want to find that on streaming. But uh, what's your next pick? Well, this movie came out. I guess it was the trailers that really got me into it. I wanted to see this movie so bad. And at the time, my parents, we weren't big into going to the movie, so I never got to see it. But it was Willow when mm -hmm. it came out. That movie just spoke to me back then. And so much so, Wendy's come out with those uh, Willow kids meals as part of the promotion for it. And I was all about that. And reading about it in magazines, or well, I hate to say, not buying the magazines, but while mom was shopping at the grocery store, I was at the magazine rack reading about the movie and Star Log or whatever the, the uh -huh. movie magazine would have been at the time. 
I just wanted everything to do with Willow. I wanted to know the story, this and that. And when I finally got to watch it, I don't know how maybe we rented it or something, but man, I love that movie. I still love that movie today. And I had recorded it off of HBO on a VHS tape and just a little side story in the early nineties. My mom used to babysit this kid. He was like two years old and I was 12, 13 years old and I'd help her put him down for a nap. And every afternoon we'd put that tape in and he'd watch Willow till he fell asleep and I would fall <laughs> asleep with him watching Willow. So, wow. But, uh, it was a good, you know, most people don't remember it being a, uh, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg collaboration, a fantasy movie, which if what we heard is right, they're possibly making a series for Disney plus. Right. And speaking of Willow is on Disney plus. If people have that, they can go watch it there. But the visual scenes and the whole story was just really good. The characters, the little brownies. I love the brownies. Uh, especially when that one got hit in the face when well, no, when he hit Val Kilmer in the face with the, the love potion dust or whatever that led to some good scenes, but yeah, it was a really, really fun sword and sorcery movie. Yeah. I remember thinking it was more of a box office disappointment. I, I've got that kind of tied around it. And I was just looking up real quick here, what it made. It was at 57 million. It was number one when it came out, but it ran up against Crocodile Dundee 2, Big, and Rambo 3. So it kind of knocked it down from making what it did. It was, it still made, uh, I think, 110, yeah, 110 million worldwide on a budget of 35. So I wouldn't necessarily call it a, a disappointment or anything, but it's one I have not gone back and connected with a lot over the years. I probably have not watched that, gosh, in at least 20 years. Wow, <laughs> and it's on my list to sit down and and watch on Disney Plus soon, just to to kind of reconnect with it because it's been so long. But yeah, I remember being over at a friend's house, maybe a sleepover or something, and they rented it and we watched it. But that's it's been pro- that was more than twenty years ago, <laughs> thirty <laughs> years ago. Uh, but I it I can't remember which station would show. I want to say we got the. Uh, station WPIX out of New York City uh, on our cable system, and they showed a lot of movies on the weekends and stuff. I'm thinking that's maybe where I caught it, like in the early 90s era. So, yeah, I don't have much to say about it just because I haven't gone back and and watched it much over the years. I introduced my kids to it, or my oldest one at least. Uh That's probably the last time I watched it was about five or six years ago. Uh, She could take it or leave it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, again, a lot of these translate well because uh, they're timeless and some, I don't well, know, for some reason don't. You know, the age we live in now, people who have seen and enjoyed the Lord of the Rings movies, which are better, don't get me wrong, but this is kind of in that vein. You could True. see this story taking place in that world as like a side story, you know. Yeah. Uh, so people who like those movies, if they've never seen this, would probably enjoy watching it. It's a really fun tale. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Number three for me, I had to go out and buy it on DVD last year because could not find it anywhere on streaming. Still can't find it anywhere on streaming. Used to be on YouTube, and I I think it's since been taken down. It might still be up there. I don't know. My favorite Ernest movie, Ernest Saves Christmas, is my number three pick. Uh, I have to watch it every year. And like, like I said, for several years it was on YouTube, and we would pull it up and uh, 
beam it over there to the TV and, and stream it. But um, last year I was like, screw it. I'm sick of trying to look for it. I'm just going to buy it on DVD. And it was like five bucks. And I was like, perfect. But it, it's my favorite Ernest. I don't think I saw it in the theater, but I do remember seeing Ernest Goes to Camp in the theater. So I was big in the Ernest back then and, and the Saturday morning show. I think that was about this time as well. I can't remember when his show hit uh, Saturday mornings, but just love it. Love it to death. And his whole stunts with the sleigh at the end are great. And just the whole, I love the whole story of uh, the girl and kind of coming back around at the end to save the day. And the, uh, it's funny, the guy that plays the new Santa's agent in the movie is in several movies this year. One that I watched last night that I'll tell you about. He's the guy in Die Hard that uh, he sits next to Bruce Willis and tells him about taking his shoes off, you know, <laughs> get to his bare feet. He, he's just one of those character actors that pops up in a lot of things. And uh, I don't know, seeing him, I always think of Ernest uh, Saves Christmas mainly, but it's just a fun movie. And I love Ernest. Uh, Bobby and his brother, you know, with the reindeer <laughs> are great. And uh, I don't know. I could watch it the whole season and, and, and not get tired of it. It's so good. Now, I did go to the theater to watch Ernest Saves Christmas. Did you? Okay. Uh, like I said, we weren't big into going to movies, but I can remember my dad must have been out of town because my mom and my brother and I went to watch it on a Sunday afternoon. I can still remember what day of the week we went to see this. <laughs> we went to a Sunday afternoon matinee, like two, three o'clock, something like that, and watched it because I loved Ernest Goes to Camp and mom thought it was funny. And, you know, it's kind of, it's a family friendly uh, series. Mm-hmm. All those Ernest movies are. So yep. yeah, we went to watch that. I loved it. Uh, I still, I, I too own it on DVD, which it was funny. I bought the Ernest box set and Ernest Saves Christmas wasn't in it. So I had to buy I- it separately. Yes, same thing happened to me. You would have thought it would have been in there, but no. Yeah, it is such a good movie. Ernest was such a good character. Jim Varney is one was one of the most talented actors Hollywood ever produced. Just for the facials, the body language, his range where he used to do, you know. Oh, yeah. He used to be featured here at the Barter Theater for years before he became famous in Hollywood where he'd do King Lear and stuff. He was oh wow, a very dramatic actor. His range was incredible. And you know, well, he went with what made him the money. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> right, yeah. he, he could do so much more. Well, that's, what's great about the movie too. You get all of his characters in there. You get the, his mother, you know, mm-hmm. uh, where the snake is handler. <laughs> the snake? That's my favorite character of his man. And he's full on, you know, <laughs> where the horror movie folk be you know (laughs) (laughs) i love that whole character and the guy with the slick back hair that comes to rescue you know saying out of the jail uh with that (laughs) laugh you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. pulled out all the stops for the movie so that's another reason why i love it you don't get uh those characters well it's i guess you would in most of the earnest movies but this one, I don't know. It seems like he was firing on all cylinders. Tell you folks who don't, who may not really realize his range, go watch Ernest Goes to Jail because he plays two roles in it where he plays the bad guy that looks just That's like right. him. Yes. Tell me that ain't one scary-ass bad guy right there that Ernest <laughs> plays. And uh, just for reference, too, the whole Saturday morning series is on Tubi right now. Oh. 
So I've I've got that to binge as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, love Ernest. Well, number three for me, we talked about here recently on our fictional sporting event movies we'd like to be at, and that's Bloodsport. I've probably seen Bloodsport oh, yeah. more more times than any other movie from 1988, just because it always was on TBS. Like seemed like every Tuesday night or something, it was on at some point. That's uh, right. My dad loved that right. type of movie, so we was always watching it. And I grew up loving movies like that too. Uh, I don't know what else I could say that I didn't already say two or three weeks ago about Bloodsport, but Jean Claude Van Damme, as bad of an actor as he is, was perfect for that movie. The guy who plays uh, his big friend uh, mm-hmm. Jack, what or what was his name in the movie? Jackson, uh, uh, Ray Jackson, yeah, Ray Jackson, yeah, yeah, great. Uh, Tong, not Tong Po. Uh, good gosh, I can't remember nothing. Who's the villain in this movie? Uh, uh, uh Chong Lee. Yeah, Chong yeah. Lee. Yeah, great. Everything is great in this movie. Uh, Forrest Whitaker is one of the the army cops looking for him. Yeah. Uh, but the whole movie with all the fight scenes and stuff, the whole tournament, the whole concept. You know, I'm not ashamed to admit, you know, I gamble on sports. I'm the kind of guy who would kill to be in that crowd betting on these fights <laughs> all the way through. To me, that's a hell of a good weekend right there. Yeah. Go to Bangkok and go, and go to yeah. the Kumite. So, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you either love this style of movie. And if, you, if you're a John Claude Van Damme fan, this is like your number one, you know, mm-hmm. He was firing on all cylinders on this one, you know, at least in my opinion, over his whole, you know, movie career. Uh, Between that and Kickboxer, you know, is probably the ones I'd put towards the top. But I was more of a Chuck Norris fan than than even uh, Jean Claude and Steven Seagal, but still a great movie. And what what can you say about it? (laughs) Yeah, I just seen the scene where he uh, the um, where Chung Lee. Uh, snaps the dude's knee mm-hmm. and the bone sticks out. I still don't like to watch that scene. <laughs> I mean, it still <laughs> freaks me out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was part of the beauty of that movie. It's like Chong Lee was for each fight. He done something worse than the last fight. You know, he ended up killing that guy in the semifinals or whatever. Right. And, uh, so, you know, it just keeps building up to, oh, my God, what's he going to do to Jean-Claude? But you mentioned Kickboxer. We just recently rewatched that, I don't know, three weeks ago maybe. Uh, it does not hold up to me near as good as Bloodsport does. I used to put them, you know, like kind of in the same category. Mm-hmm. But I've rewatched both recently, and Bloodsport is way better than Kickboxer. That, that's my opinion. Okay. Well, I'd almost I'd... say I prefer the modern kickboxer over the old one now. Really? Okay. Batista playing Tong Po. It's um, it's one I haven't watched in a while. Kickboxer, but I like you. Like Bloodsport was on almost <laughs> seemingly every day on like TBS and TNT. They loved that movie for some reason, and it was worth putting it on there because it seemed like every time I'm flipping past the channel, you're at a different part in the tournament. All right. Well, I didn't catch this part yesterday. So let me, let me watch it today. But yeah, it was, it's a fun movie. It's on, what did I see? Is it on stars right now? Yes. It's on stars right now. Yeah. It's, you can rent it on the uh, voodoo for three ninety nine too, which is sad because up until a week or two ago, it was on Tubi or the Roku channel. Maybe. Kickboxer is still on the Roku channel. 
So if you want, if you want something like Kickboxer that's not Kickboxer, you you can go to the Roku <laughs> channel and watch it free with ads. Yeah. But uh, okay, yeah, it was on there. All right, we're up to number two now. Number two, I also watched in the theater. Not my favorite John Candy, but oh, right there, The Great Outdoors. That is a good movie. Uh, just watched it. It's two three months ago. I watched it. Uh, I think it's still hilarious and and still holds up. Uh, Dan Aykroyd is great in his role, but just it's your you know John Candy kind of plays that dad in a couple movies. Summer Rental is one, but it's still a, a just a fun movie. Uh, just <laughs> I I even love the scenes when. Uh, the boy goes into town and he's trying to woo that girl over. And <laughs> mm-hmm. it's so like uh, almost like out of left field. But I think we've all been in a, in a situation like that where you're on vacation or something. And if, even if it's not like a boyfriend, girlfriend type thing, if it's just a friend that you're, you connect with at a camp or something even, and you never expect to hear from or see from them again, but you're like best friends for that week. Uh, it kind of connects with you that way uh, for th- for those scenes, but uh, oh my gosh, I remember the scenes with the bear just had me rolling in the theater as a kid. Eighty eight, so I'm twelve years old, <laughs> shooting the hair off of the bear <laughs> with that <laughs> lamp at the end. Uh, just you know, topped it off. The raccoons with all of the <laughs> dialogue with the with the raccoons. Uh, you know, talking about what hot dogs are made out of. And <laughs> I mean, and I just love that music, that blah, blah, boom, boom, boom. And when the raccoon scenes come on, and, uh, the old 96er, holy crap. That scene is pure comedy gold. Love that. So there's so many great, just classic John Candy, or I would even say like 80s comedy moments in that movie that just yeah. hold up great today. We watched it last summer. Uh, that's another one I tried to get the kids to watch, but they quickly lost interest, took their phones, went back to their rooms. But I've done a poor job, uh, you know, culturing these kids. <laughs> they need more culture to appreciate some of this yeah. stuff. But we watched it last year because it's fun to watch in the summertime, you know. Uh, John Candy always is pretty much just playing John Candy. You know what I mean? He, he's, like he's like Nicholas Cage. For the most part, yeah. So you, you always know what you're going to get with a few exceptions, and it's always going to be good. I just, we, we lost him way before his time, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, I would love to see him like if he was still around today, what he would be doing. You know, as right. guest appearances, cameos, co stars, whatever. I just think he would be phenomenal even still now. But yeah, great outdoors, good pick. It's on uh, Stars right now. If you want to watch that, if you've got a subscription there. What's your number two? Well, my number two, somebody apparently thought was one of the worst movies of the year, and that's Cocktail with Tom Cruise. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I love Cocktail. Uh, it's a little bit of a longer movie, but it's right up my alley for whatever reason. The whole bar scene and stuff. It just, I probably didn't see this movie for the first time until the early 2000s, actually, though. And saw yeah. it and was like, man, this is a good movie. And I've probably watched it 10 times since then. And mm-hmm. it's on my agenda to watch when we finish up today, matter of fact. <laughs> because it's currently uh, streaming 
free with ads on Vudu. So I'm going to, I could have swore I had a DVD of it, but I, I can't find it. But anywho, uh, just yeah. the, the whole tale, it's like, it's almost two movies in one. It feels like you got the overarching story arc, but you got the whole first half of the movies in New York and the second half of the movies in the islands. Right. Right. Uh, it feels like two different movies, which gives it a really interesting dynamic in the whole story of him wanting to be a uh, self-made millionaire and do it quickly. And he can't get a job on wall street cause he's got no education or experience. He ends up taking a job at a bar and becoming a, a superstar hot bartender kind of guy there. Uh-huh. And, and then, uh, him and his best friend at the time have a disagreement over a female. So he takes off to the islands and right there is living the life is living in the islands, working a bar, making little drinks with umbrellas in them for all the foo-foo people who like that sort of stuff. Right. But, uh, man, I would and fantasize at times. Yep. I would fantasize at times about that life he had in the islands. It's just so much fun to watch and to think how much, I, I, you have a new respect for those types of bartenders when you watch it because it is, it's almost like a juggling act or a, or a circus act, the way that they work those, making the drinks and flipping the bottles. And uh, it's very, very entertaining in that way. And you and know, they, they, I'm sure there were some, some bartenders like that, that they patterned those guys after for the movie. Mm-hmm. But coming out of that movie, how many more bartenders were there that tried to right. do that? stuff this movie yeah. had a big cultural influence on that sort of thing yeah well and you can i mean there's no like uh, there's no like uh, stand-ins or anything it's it's all them that's learning the tricks and everything so you can see they put some effort and in, in time into doing it right and it shows in the movie so right. it's a great pick it's one that i watched probably in the mid 90s when i was uh, old enough to rent R-rated movies at the local rental store and started <laughs> renting some, and I, I watched it then. But yeah, it's I, I don't I don't see what people have a problem with it. Um, hey, in any movie that can that can feature a Georgia satellite song, <laughs> man, that's near the top of my list right there. <laughs> there, you, there you go. Yep, great pick. So you can find that on Vudu. All right, we made it to our number one pick. Did not see this one in the theater. Didn't get it until a rental at a friend's house and was just enamored with it. Uh, my favorite Leslie Nielsen movie, above the airplane movies, The Naked Gun. Oh. Love The Naked Gun. And just that, I I don't know if I had watched Airplane up to that point. Uh, and maybe that's why I, I kind of rank it above that. I, I didn't have that initial connection with uh that style of parody, comedy, whatever you want to call it. But th- this just bought me into that world of uh, <laughs> just uh, uh, those offhanded, you know, remarks and puns and incredible over the top, you know, slapstick kind of comedy too. And what isn't there to love about the naked gun? I mean, you've got pretty much everything in there and, the jokes, obviously, at the time, probably some of them went over my head. You know, <laughs> I was like, the 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 full body condoms. Yeah, that didn't. I didn't understand that at first. <laughs> but uh, just that over the top, you know, craziness uh, was fun. Is fun about the movie, and I will uh, go back and rewatch this one. I don't watch the sequels uh, too much. I did see both of them in the theater after this. After I connected with the Naked Gun, so. 
Uh, I, I have seen those, and, and there's good parts in in the sequels. It's just not a as fun of a movie, I think, as the first one. <laughs> you start off the movie with uh, that whole scene where he's in there with the uh, all the leaders of the world, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> with like Gorbachev, and uh, he rubs off the <laughs> the spot on his head, you know, and uh, just. Uh, he pulls the the head thing off the one guy, and he's got like this long mohawk hair. You know, <laughs> that was just so great. I have never watched this original one. I love really? Naked Gun two and a half. I didn't yeah. care much for thirty three and a third, so I don't know where I would land on the original. But I'll I'll probably have to check it out if you say it's that much better than the second one. Because oh yeah. It's so great. I mean, even the credits are fun. The credits is just, you've got this, the camera, the camera's like on top of a squad car with the big red whirly bird light, you know, and (laughs) it's just the, the car going through different things in the city, but it also goes into like uh, a women's locker room and, and then it goes into uh, a car wash and then it, you know, as the credits are rolling and then it pulls up to the donut shop at the end but um oh it's so it's so great man i love it uh, every little joke and i love george kennedy as a sidekick too but and then this you know of course this is the one with oj well mm-hmm. i don't it was oj he was in, the, in the second one he was right. in the second one too but this was kind of his uh i don't know breakout <laughs> performance you could say but the, the scene he's not in it much he's mainly in the hospital uh, but the the he comes up to a scene where he's like on this uh, little covert operation, and they discover him on this boat, and just goes through this whole slew of accidents, uh, like sitting on a stove and uh, smashing his head. What I'm trying to remember what it all does, but anyway, and then he falls off the side of the boat, and like there's a chalk outline in the water <laughs> where he is. And then uh, Frank kind of messes with them when he's in the hospital on accident. And <laughs> I don't know. It's it's hard to uh, it's just hard to put into words that level of comedy. And if, you, if you're not into it, then you, you hate the movie. But if you like that kind of, you know, off the wall stuff, it's it's perfect for you. the whole scene. Yeah. My favorite scene is when he's doing the press conference and he leaves his wireless mic on while he goes to the restroom. And so the, (laughs) so the, uh, the mayor or the police captain, she's trying to give the conference and you can hear him in there humming and (laughs) whoops, uh, just shaking it off. And (laughs) you've got to watch it just for that scene, man. It's, it's the most hilarious thing put on film. I swear to God. Where can I watch it at? Right now, it is. It's on Netflix. <laughs> of course, it's a, a two ninety nine rental on a lot of different places, but it will come back around at some point. Actually, the uh, first two movies are on Netflix right now. Thirty three and the third is on Amazon Prime, Tubi, Crackle, and uh, if you got a subscription to Showtime, hmm. so you've got to see it, man. You just gotta. Sit down and watch it. It's so hilarious. Well. That, What's your number one, man? Hit me. My favorite actor, Tom Hanks in Big. 
That's yeah, my favorite yeah. movie of 1988. As a kid, that was you couldn't ask for a, a bigger fantasy. You know, I want to be big. I want to be older. And then as an adult now, I'm like, my God, he had the coolest job in the world. He worked for a toy company testing <laughs> toys in his office right? and calling down like, hey, send up a copy of last year's Super Bowl without the commercials and all that other stuff. <laughs> yeah. God almighty, that's the job I want. Yeah. Today, it's still a great movie. But the story of little Josh makes a wish on the Zoltar machine and wishes he was big after he's a little too short to go on a ride with this girl he liked and of course the machine interpreted that to be old not just big and the hilarity that ensues when he moves to the city by himself he's a what was he like 12 maybe 12 year old in an adult body and having to live an adult life and that apartment he ends up renting is so cool with the basketball goals and and, so great and one of the most iconic scenes of the 80s him with the floor piano with Robert Loggia. Yeah. That's seemingly when you, uh, when you do like a montage or something of the eighties, that's always part of it. And it should be, it should be. Yes. And I would say that piano has been on display at FAO Schwartz ever since then. Well, I can still like last year when those little FAO Schwartz, uh, displays will come up in like Kohl's and some of the other department stores like that. The piano's always there. Mm-hmm. You can still buy them. So yep. for that fact, <laughs> it's just it's probably the most uh, the most associated toy with FEO Schwartz. You know. Yeah, and I w- how many people reenact that scene still today? Probably on a daily basis, somebody is in that store trying to do that scene. Yeah, and for good reason. It's a great scene. My favorite line though is. Uh, when him and the woman go back to his apartment and she's talking about sleeping over and he just looks at her and says, okay, but I'm on top. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's got the bunk bed. Right, yeah. His little, his 12-year-old mind isn't putting two and two together. Yeah. It's, uh, I remember that being a little awkward back then, but it's just gold. And the, I don't know, just the way Hanks is able to play a different character in the same body you know it's it's an incredible performance and, and definitely deserved to win an award that year in yeah. my opinion so i love that uh, it's a it's a great choice i actually have the uh comic novelization of that movie they put out a <laughs> novelization yeah wow. gotta go seek that out it's pretty good hey um, for anybody interested i looked up the naked gun trilogy collection is on amazon on dvd a three-pack for just 750 Wow. That's a whole night of laughs right there. Marathon of laughs for <laughs> dirt cheap. And just the first movie on DVD is seven thirty five. So for 15 more cents, you can get all three movies on DVD. Where is uh, big on streaming? Uh, big, you, you have to rent it. It's not streaming anywhere. Okay. It's available on Amazon to rent and some of the other oh, services to yeah, rent. If, you, too, if so. you've got a uh, subscription to HBO, it's on there. And Cinemax. So if you got either of those, you can find it. Yeah, great choice at number one. All right, uh, let's go through some honorable mentions. Actually, uh, Crocodile Dundee was two was on my honorable mentions list. One that uh, I've gone back and watched several times over the years, and uh, my bud Wyatt and I always watched it together too. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. <laughs> Steve Martin, Michael Caine. 
it was just a fun movie. The whole, you know, uh, uh, con men world was just interesting to me. And <laughs> Steve Martin's stuff is always over the top. You know, Michael Caine's just the prim and proper guy and goes about, you know, duping people that way. But <laughs> some of the eccentric characters, uh, Rupert in that movie that he does... <laughs> It's just fun and the back and forth and, you know, having the whole bet between the two to who can siphon the, well, it's, it's, first it's to siphon the money off the girl. And then the the bet becomes uh, if uh, Steve Martin can sleep with her and <laughs> it's just a fun comedy. It's on stars right now. If you want to watch that. Well, I had Funny Farm on my honorable mention list that you already mentioned, but mm-hmm. the only other one I had was one I've seen come up in a lot of people's feedback we'll get to in a minute was Young Guns, mm-hmm. the great Western movie, which for the longest time, I preferred Young Guns 2 over the original Young Guns, but nowadays I've totally flipped on that, and Young Guns, the first one, is a way better movie than number two. Way better. I've never seen number two. Really? And the, the first one I've... I probably saw as a rental or maybe on cable. Don't remember anything about it. Just never connected with me. I'm not a huge Western fan, so I don't know. Just never connected with me over the years. The only other one on my list for honorable mentions is a movie that was a staple on USA Network. Looked it up last night. Could not find it anywhere. It's actually free on YouTube. (laughs) It's a movie called Shoot to Kill Mm. with uh, Sidney Poitier, Tom Berenger, and Kirstie Alley, and the, uh, well, it's not a huge spoiler, but the main bad guy is the guy that plays the badass guard in Shawshank. Uh. Um, It drags a little bit at the end. It gets a little ridiculous, but the main premise is this guy uh, uses basically a hostage situation to get some diamonds, and he's trying to get across the Canadian border and what he does, he, he's going to take a car just a straight shot over, and there's roadblocks set up, which actually aren't for him, but ends up uh, on this like uh, trail uh, adventure with Christy Alley as the guide and basically trying to get across the border, hiking across the border to Canada. And Sidney Portier is the, the main cop that's chasing him. And meets up with Tom Berenger, who was like the local yokel that uh, knows the whole terrain. And he goes along with them basically to try to catch up with the the party and warn her and to get this guy that's also murdered a couple people along the way. But it was a staple on USA Network. I remember tuning in, seeing it, and just being glued to it for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. It just connected with me somehow. I was reading a little bit about it last night that uh, that was the first role for Sidney Poitier in like 10 years up to that point. And unfortunately, I don't know why it's not uh, more readily available, but I guess you can't get more readily available than watching it for free on YouTube. Uh, (laughs) But as far as, you know, owning a copy or or Blu-ray, I I think it is maybe on DVD, but I'm pretty sure it's not on Blu-ray or anything like that. Uh, just a fun movie, uh, suspenseful and, you know, that era when, uh, Tom Berenger was kind of at his peak too. And Kirstie Alley with cheers and, uh, it's a pretty fun movie. I don't know if anybody else out there, you'll have to tell me if you've seen it or not and can kind of back me up on that. But have you ever seen it or heard of it? No, I hadn't. Yeah. 
So that's apparently the thing because it wasn't in our feedback at all either. <laughs> well, speaking so, of feedback, what kind of yeah. feedback did we get this week? We got some pretty good feedback. I just uh, want to say if we don't get to your feedback from Twitter, I, that's, I'll just apologize for that. But sometimes we share that tweet from our personal accounts too, so I don't always see everybody's comment. So if, if we miss you, it's probably because of that because I try to get everybody's feedback that responds to us. But uh, at Paxton Holly. His movies are Young Guns, Beetlejuice, Bloodsport, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, License to Drive. That's with the Corys. I mm-hmm. ha- had not watched that until about a year ago. And it was a fun movie. It's I think it's still, for that era, held up. Uh, Willow, Scrooged, which I will watch during the uh, Christmas season. I don't typically watch it every year, but it's still a fun movie with Bill Murray. Coming to America, Roger Rabbit, and his honorable mentions were Without a Clue, Die Hard, Ernest Saves Christmas, Friday the 13th Part 7, and Dead Heat. I have not heard of or watched Dead Heat or Without a Clue. I'll have to look those up. Long list there for PAX. Thanks for uh, chiming in on that. Nick Logan, and he changed his uh, Twitter handle for us. He's at nlogan77. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) Lady in White. I'm not sure what that one is. Willow, no, the Green Outdoors. That Lady in White appears several times on feedback. So yeah, it's interesting. Great Outdoors, Die Hard, and They Live. Oh, great Roddy Piper movie. Yeah. Uh, at Sean Robert, cracking his knuckles. <laughs> he says the classics are Dead Ringers, A Fish Called Wanda, Big, Beetlejuice, Running on Empty. Eight Men Out, I do like Eight Men Out, Die Hard, Movies I Love, Young Guns, The Lady in White, Willow, Vice Versa, My Best Friend is a Vampire, License to Drive, Hot to Trot, I remember that movie, Heathers, and The Great Outdoors. Uh, So, let me interrupt you here. Uh Uh-huh. This Lady in White... uh, the synopsis says, locked in a school closet during Halloween 1962, young Frank witnesses the ghost of a young girl and the man who murdered her years ago. Shortly afterward, he finds himself stalked by the killer and is soon drawn to an old house where a mysterious lady in white lives. As he discovers the secret of the woman, he soon finds that the killer may be someone close to him. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I've not uh, seen that. Again, I'm not the biggest of... Uh horror fans either uh Me either but, I, <laughs> but you know as we go through this feedback it pops up numerous times so mm-hmm. people must must be, must be big into it yep uh adam at hoju coolander here are my picks for the best of 88 mac and me is clearly number one <laughs> wow <laughs> for the for the I purposes mean, yeah. of nostalgia for the purposes of nostalgia he says okay. uh his choices were mac and me roger rabbit Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Naked Gun, Willow, and Die Hard. Truthfully, Beetlejuice belongs on my list since it was the first movie I saw in theaters. Regrettably, I have never found a copy on VHS. What? Wow. You never found a copy on VHS? If you would have told me with everything that he has, he wouldn't have a copy of Beetlejuice. That's... Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah. Mac and me. Wow, dude. Uh, at Haunted Drive-In, Beetlejuice, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, They Live, Die Hard, Child's Play, Scrooge the Blob, 
Killer Clowns from Outer Space. The Blob, I'm assuming, is the remake. Uh, yeah, that was a pretty good remake. I still prefer the original, but that was okay. Mm-hmm. That was like a USA Up All Night type deal there, you know? <laughs> Probably even uh, Killer Clowns. You know, when they do the Halloween, around the Halloween season, those are the type of movies I'd find on there. At BitGeeks Podcast, 1988 was an amazing year for movies, and comedies in particular. In the spirit of March Madness, here are my final four. Roger Rabbit, Naked Gun, Big, and Beetlejuice. I had a buddy in high school insist on doing the Corey Haim, holy shit, I just got my driver's license face, for his actual driver's license portrait. Did it all the way up until his 30s. That quitter. <laughs> yeah, nobody likes a quitter. <laughs> That is a fun movie. Just the whole romp they go on after he gets his license and uh, in the car. I think that was uh, Heather Graham's first movie from you know like uh, what Boogie Nights and Austin Powers fame. Uh, Chad at Horror Movie Barbecue, Sleep Away Camp Two, They Live, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Four, and Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven. Obviously, he's. The horror movie buff there. Chris Mork at Seamork26. Die Hard All the Way. Oh, I will say, uh, Chad and I actually did a, a podcast on 88 movies over on Rediscover the 80s podcast, if you want to check that out. I did change up my list a little bit from that <laughs> podcast, but uh, you can hear him talk about his picks there. At Bloody Popcorn, Beetlejuice, Working Girl, They Live, Blood Sport, Scrooge, Funny Farm, Hairspray, Earth Girls Are Easy, Night of the Demons, Killer Clowns, Die Hard, and Naked Gun. Great picks there. And that's uh, all the feedback that I found. So That's some good picks from people. Though. Man, yeah. Some really good picks. And uh, that'll wrap up 1988. Hope we'll uh, hear from you in case we missed you. Or uh, if you want to chime in on one of our picks, you know where to find us at TRN Social. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.